This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. The reason it's the most informative is every week we have different guests that come down here and help out. They're either realtors or affiliates, affiliates being lenders, title companies, uh, pest control inspectors, home inspectors, and such. So we learn a lot about housing. We learn a lot about mortgages, real estate. And to help me with that today, we have uh, the dynamic duo down here, Mike Foxen of Altitude Home Loans. Hello, Mike. Hello, Don. Good morning. All right. And the other half is Sean Connolly, also of Altitude Home Loans. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Don. How are you? Great. Thanks. All right. So both of them are lenders, have been in it um, 25 plus years, both of you, right? Correct. Yes. All right. So you've seen a thing or two. Listen, so that puts us back in the 1990s. Um, could one of you give us the mortgage roller coaster ride from the 1990s? Uh, I got in the business in 96. We were running FHA about nine and a quarter. And uh, we hit 2001, and that's when, of course, everybody knows 9-11. And mortgage rates went down to all-time lows at that point in the three and a quarter, three and a half percent ranges. Mm-hmm. And then... Why would something like that cause rates to go down? And I know that's... Uh, here we are in Fresno, California. We don't c- control the global market, but I'll bet you have an opinion. Well, that situation with the 9-11 attacks, they had to do something to uh, combat the fears that were happening at the time. Um, Federal Reserve was concerned, of course, about the economy and what the attacks were going to do to the economy. And so they lowered the Fed rate, the overnight rate that banks pay for money, and mortgage rates kind of followed suit and went down rapidly to keep the housing market and the uh, which is which really drives the economy uh, keep it moving forward in a positive fashion okay so that's after 911 they dropped to threes that then what happened because I think we've had a few other large events <laughs> <laughs> just just one or two <laughs> yeah per year. <laughs> Well, things were going along pretty well. Uh, We had this wonderful thing called subprime mortgages where they got wilder and wilder. And and the next thing you know, uh, people were walking through the front door. Hey, we can do a a 100% loan with a 580 credit score. Uh, No income, no assets. And after I heard that, my thought was the apocalypse is just about to hit. This was 2007, the summer of 2007, and shortly after things started to implode, and remember we had the, uh, the, the meter, the uh, uh, businesses going out, lenders going out of business. Implode meter, yeah, that's what it was. The implode meter. The implode meter, yeah. So you were always looking to see if your company was on the list. Wow. 
All right. So, yeah, and, and we're going to talk about that later in the show, subprime mortgages. Uh, and because what we want to do here is educate the public as much as possible to avoid pitfalls. Correct. And that would have been a prime, subprime was a prime example of a pitfall yes, ready to happen. All right. So um, let's, let's get right into the cost of waiting. Um, so some people are saying, and I remember I, I had a client four years ago saying, no, I'm going to wait. I, I decided I'm going to wait until the prices crash, and I'm going to wait until interest rates go go down. Now, at the time, I think interest rates were at three and a half, four percent. Right. Um, how much closer to zero they were going to get, I don't know. But that was the cost. What is the cost of waiting? Well, the cost of waiting is is fairly simple because uh, we continually get consumers. I know you hear the same thing. We hear it from our referral partners. We hear it from the media that housing market's going to collapse uh, and, and you should wait to purchase. But what's different between now and 2007 and 2008 is there's only approximately in the United States 1.1 million homes for sale right now. And that sounds kind of good when you, but what gets factored in is their pending homes are counted in these homes available for sale. We all know they're not available to sell. So realistically, you only have approximately 500, 525,000 homes. And I believe the situation's even worse in California. There's just not a lot of properties going on. So what we're trying to do is help the consumer make an informed decision and because interest rates have moved up and this could be a good thing so but what happens when interest rates come down more buyers pushing prices higher with less homes to choose from that's what will happen so when is that best time to buy i mean we are already in a tight inventory market <clears throat> This could be a great opportunity for a lot of folks if they take a look at the full picture. So we, I have put together an examples, a very simple example. My sheet doesn't look simple, but we're gonna break it down quite a bit here. And what we're gonna start with, and we'll just say this property you're looking at is $400,000, and you're gonna put 5% down or $20,000 for a loan of 380. And let's just stick an interest rate of seven and a half percent on it. But you as a consumer goes, well, you know, I want a lower interest rate. I want to wait till they come down to seven percent. Well, let's say that period is six months. So what is the actual difference? Well, if you wait six months, appreciation is going to take that house from four hundred thousand to four hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Your down payment just increased, and your loan amount just increased. So in actuality, even though you're saving money on the mortgage, it's, it's only $24 because of the higher loan amount that you're taking. And 
So what we want to do is we're going to add in the appreciation that you lost by waiting and the amortization. In other words, you're paying down that mortgage at the same time. So when you look at those two numbers, your appreciation loss is around $15,000 and you would have paid $1,700 towards paying your mortgage off. Your decision of waiting six months cost you almost $17,000. And it, it doesn't get better. And that's just in six months. That's in six months. If you're concerned about the appreciation numbers, we're using five and a half to six percent, which is what's been going on in this area for quite some time. So let's just say the next example, well, I'm gonna wait a year. I hear this. You probably hear this. Yes, I have. <laughs> I think the mistake the consumer makes is they think they can come back a year from now and that home's still gonna be $400,000. That home is now $423,000 for the same exact home, which increases your down payment to 21, not 20. Even though we're using a 6.5% interest rate, which will save you $100. But what did you really lose in this process? 23,000 bucks? <laughs> in, in appreciation. Mm -hmm. And you would have paid that mortgage down $3,500. So you're looking at $27,000 that you just left on the table by waiting. See, and I think that's a point that people tend to overlook is when you're making a mortgage payment, you're paying part of your principal down. So after six months, after a year or five years, your balance is actually going down. When you wait and you pay rent, you're, you're flatlining. Well, I think we all see what's going on with rents out there also. Rents, mm -hmm. what is it? The median in Fresno is $1,800, $1,900 a month for rent now in Fresno. At least we don't live in San Jose, right? Right. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago when I used to tell relocating people that that average rents in Fresno are between a thousand and fifteen hundred. There's a few that go over fifteen hundred, but those are the the villas out on the river bluffs. Right. But um, I guess that times have changed because I was right back then. I wasn't wrong. No, you were right. <laughs> No, that's probably twenty-five to three thousand dollars a month now, and and we're hearing rents that are even higher than that for nicer properties. So, I mean, we all understand that this is a very difficult decision to make. The consumer is pounded pretty much on a daily basis by the news media, because you still have the news media sitting here coming back. The market's going to implode. If there's nothing to sell, I don't know how the market implodes. I, I just, is there, how many homes are for sale in the Fresno Clovis area, Don, that's listed on MLS? Approximately a thousand. Approximately a thousand? Yeah. But at any given time, half are pretty much off the market. Is, is that a fair? Yeah. Because they're, they're pending. So it's tough. Yeah. And I want to preface your examples with this uh, let's go back to one of the reasons this radio show got started 
by One Pup Broadcasting is a very prominent uh, magazine, national magazine, on their front cover had the picture of a broken house and it said the American dream of home ownership is dead. Now, could you imagine if you bought a home in 2009, 10, 11, something like that, what it would be worth today? <laughs> Not to mention your loan balance would have gone down gone dramatically. Down. $150,000, $200,000 yeah. from 2009. Now, hopefully the publisher of that magazine made some money off of it and was able to pay down their mortgage. Hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm being facetious on that one. So, and Mike, in these examples you're given, that we're talking short-term benefits, six months, one year. That's it. Yeah. You stretch that out to two years, even longer, um, the benefits are really there. Well, I put a two-year on here for conversation value. Now that $400,000 home is $441,000. Your down payment just got up to 22,000 from 20. We put the rate at 6%. Probably we think, we all feel rates are gonna come down. So, wow, I, my payment's gonna be huge, isn't it? Well, you just saved approximately $119 on your payment, but almost $42,000 in equity and $7,300 in paying down the mortgage. To your example, Don, $49,000. That is real wealth. This is how families, I've heard it many times, realtors, how do you build wealth? Most of us build wealth through our home. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way because not only is your home an investment and it's about the numbers, but it's also something you can use. So there's reasons for buying a home. It, it's so that the kids can have their own bedroom or you can paint the house the color you want and not have to ask the landlord, would you please paint the house? It, there's, so there's real benefits to owning a home. Well, here, here's an example I have recently. I helped a young couple with this. They're buying a new construction home. And we went over this, and then the last thing I put in, hey guys, isn't this is your first time buying, you're in your mid-30s, Are you, aren't you kind of excited about having Christmas at your home with the kids in your own home? <sighs> yeah. You get that awe moment and, and, and they kind of get a bigger picture versus they were very hung up on interest rates. Right. Well, with those thoughts, we're going to our next first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Mike Foxen and Sean Connolly, both loan officers with Altitude Home Loans here in Fresno County. So we were talking in the first segment about uh, the cost of waiting to purchase a home. But I, I, I'm going to be the first to stick up for a first-time home buyer. 
and say that there's fear, you know, a fear of commitment, fear of what if, fear of what if things go down. Um, and I'm going to tell a little story here, but then I want to ask you two for your stories. What My first venture into purchasing real estate, um, guy was asking $42,000. So, you know, I'd always heard, hey, you got, you got to offer lower. So I offered him $38,000 for it. And he was insulted. He said, get out of here, kid. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. And so I kind of ended the, the conversation. However, it's important to know that that was five acres just north of St. Agnes Hospital um, for $42,000. Five acres. And um, imagine what it's worth today. Of course, today there's a church on there. There's a subdivision of homes uh, on the back 40. So, Don, you might not be doing real estate or anything right now, right? Right. I might just be <laughs> counting my money. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, good thing I wasn't that smart. <laughs> um, Sean, how about you? I, I'll bet you got a good story about your first venture into real estate. Um, well, it's interesting. You're mentioning where you had the opportunity to buy. I think that's where I bought my first house here in Fresno back in uh, 2002. So I moved here in, tw in uh, 1997 from Santa Cruz. And uh, stupid mistakes. Should have bought when I was when I was living there at the time. But uh, I won't get into that one. I kind of like the story. My first one here in Fresno, um, I was looking and looking and looking. The housing market was on fire. Rates were down at all-time lows. People were writing offers in driveways and getting accepted right then and there. So I was a little frustrated in, 20, in 2001 and uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to go on vacation and get out of this. I, I need a break. So we took off, went to Hawaii for a week, came back, kind of regrouped, started looking at houses again. And I had an idea in mind where I wanted to be payment-wise. And I kept getting beat out every offer, beat out, beat out, beat out. So my manager at the time sits me down in his office and he goes, okay, tell me where your house payment comfort level is. I said, okay. So I told him. The house I was looking at was $169,000 in 2001. And here we are at the beginning of 2002, getting in, you know, moving forward, and I'm getting beat on all these, all these deals. So I write down the payment, and at the time, you know, 100% financing's out there, 80% first, 20% seconds, you know, the subprime or Alt-A programs. And finally, I find this house right in the neighborhood, I think, across the street from the church that you were talking about, mm -hmm. the subdivision there just north of Knees and uh, Millbrook between Herndon and or, uh, Cedar and uh, Knees right there. Right. And I walk in and I look at this house. I just stand there and I turn to the agent and I go, write it up. It's 199000 I go, write it up. My manager the day before goes, where's your house payment comfort level? I show him. I write it down. He goes, write down 
what the payment would be at that price point. So I did. It was about a difference of about 170 bucks a month. He goes, are you telling me when you write the check for that payment, it's going to change your world? And I looked at him and I started to laugh and I go, no. He goes, then stop it. Make the <laughs> offer, get the house and move on. He goes, your payment benefits of, you know, buying versus renting, you're going to have tax benefits. You're going to have equity being built every time you make a house payment, just as Mike brought up. And the values were rising. And we were flooded with, there were a lot of houses out there, but there were a lot of people buying because of where rates were. So you had to act quickly and get moving. So we did. We made the offer. We got the house. Stayed in it for uh, 15 years and sold it in 18. Doubled my money. All right. Yeah. So a success story. That was a good one. I mean, it was fearful, of course. Yeah. Because you're going from paying rent, and at the time I was paying rent at 700 bucks a month. And I'm going to a $1,700 a month house payment. So it was a big difference. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, of course, think about your budget, but you also got to think about, you know, the benefits, just as Mike brought out. All right, Mike, how about you? I don't think mine's that good, but we'll give it a shot here. <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. You're a lot Uh-oh. older than me, Mike. <laughs> this is around 1980. I had, I had just gotten out of the service and um, gotten a job making, you're going to love this, $5 an hour. Whoa. And you were over minimum wage. Barely. Yes, I was. And um, a family friend that we'd lived next to, and you'll recognize this name, Gene Petiti. Oh, yeah. Was working for Bonadelli doing loans at that time. And I'm out, and him, my parents, my sister, you've got to buy a house. Well, the house... The Bonadelli track that was being built that time was off of Church and Maple, which was kind of nice because I was just working down the street. But, you know, looking at what we made, the house was $40,000, $41,000. And I think rates were, we use a VA, he called VA, FHA, and uh, we were at 9.5%. So the payment was $400 a month all in. And, you know, a few years later, you know, I met my future wife. And, and of course, she decided that uh, we're not going to live here any longer. So we ended up selling the home. And, you know, we made money on it. Nothing like, you know, he did or probably you did on any of your deals. But then we moved to Clovis. But that's my little story. Mm -hmm. And there's been seven or eight homes since. So. Yes, I talk to first-time buyers all the time on this stuff. Yeah, and when we get back from the next commercial break, I do want to ask how you guys work with uh, applicants. How do you advise them? Uh, I mean, is it like a one-product thing? They walk in and it's like, yes, you're approved, or no, you're not, or do you actually counsel them on what type of program would be good for them so hang on to those thoughts we're going to our next commercial break stay tuned to welcome home radio i'm proud of the house we built it's stronger than sticks stones and steel it's not a big place sitting up high 
Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Sean Connolly and Mike Foxen, both of Altitude Home Loans here in Fresno County. So, this is a compliment, actually, but the two of you have different personalities. <laughs> so, um, even though you work together, but what is it like when an applicant goes in? Let's say a realtor says... Hey, I'm bringing this uh, buyer to you to get pre-approved. Um, what can, what can a home, potential home buyer expect? Well, when I sit down with a borrower, uh, I want to know as much as I can about them and their circumstances. So I'm asking questions about their finances, uh, what their comfort level is with the home, and from that, we can kind of start building what kind of potential programs they could work for. But the key to me is to help them make a financial decision because that's what this is. And, and, and we get a lot of folks coming in because interest rates are just, again, like I said before, they're plastered everywhere. So their biggest concern is interest rate, interest rate, interest rate without knowing what that means in a payment. So a lot of times in black and white, just as an example, to calm that, I says, I'll ask him, I says, uh, uh, well, uh, interest rates are at six and a half, and, and here's the payments. What if they go up to seven? What, what do you think, that, how much that'll increase? And that typical number is anywhere from four to $500. So they're usually stunned when they realize it's maybe 70 or $80. So that helps take that initial fear out. So we get that. We want to find out what their other concerns are. Because I don't want to address things that they're already comfortable with. I want to address what they're concerned about. And I'll bring my own experiences in. And, and you know, one of the things, hey, I only want to make this kind of a payment. I, you know, I understand my wife and I together have probably purchased seven or eight homes. We've moved quite a bit. And in our younger days, when we first started, we always reached for the payment because living at a home was more important to us where we would make sacrifices in other areas. And we knew the home would be going up in value and we always felt like we would be making more money. Again, I'm attempting to help them relax and, and, and we can go through the process. And then we start digging down in, hey, how much money do you have to work with? Do we need to use down payment assistance? Do you have your, does your family want to help you out? But the keys to me is just making them feel comfortable because in my mind, they're walking into the unknown. They don't do this every single day of the week like we do and we kind of sometimes forget because this comes easy to us, and I'm sure on the real estate side it goes the same way. Yeah. I remember bringing a guy in to uh, get pre-qualified one time, big burly guy. In fact, he was a police officer. Um, you wouldn't think he'd be fearful of anything, but we're starting to walk into the loan yeah. officer's office, and uh, he's sweating. Yeah. I go, Ray, you all right? He goes, oh, I'm just nervous. And I thought, oh my gosh, this people do have feelings. <laughs> virtually every time, virtually every yeah. time of the first time buyer, that's that's how they start out. Yeah, 
And after about 15 minutes, he turned to me. He goes, man, this is going to be easy. You know, he had a good job. He, he was paid his rent on time, his payments on time on everything else. It, it, it was, as you guys would say, it was a slam dunk. But he was nervous. So, um, Sean, what can people expect a first-time applicant? Do you go through a menu of items with them? I feel when I'm, I do a lot of first-time home buyers. It's kind of a specialty. Um, first thing I want to do is dispel any of the fears that they have. Let's have a conversation and address those issues. Uh, I'm big at, in educating the borrower helping them understand the differences between going one way versus another, using down payment assistance versus not. Gift money can be used in a, along with your down payment or your down payment assistance program if you've got access to it. There's just a lot of ways to help a borrower purchase a home in today's market especially. But I really feel the conversation, a live conversation, needs to be had. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there on the internet where you can just go and apply online and you'll never talk to a loan officer. Or the person you are going to talk to on the phone is going to be a data processor person who's processing the loan through you know, one of the big banks or one of the big online companies. They'll never have a relationship with that loan officer who's handling the biggest purchase of their life. They've never bought anything this big. I'm just a big believer in having that personal touch, that personal conversation, and uh, helping them feel comfortable that what they're doing is the right thing. You know, it's funny you would say that yesterday I got a voicemail, and it was from, it, it, it even said, this is uh, delivered to you from such and such a loan company by the use of artificial intelligence. And it went on to say that it's easy to apply. You don't ever have to talk to a loan officer at all. You can do it all online. And I'm thinking, God, is this an, a real advertisement? Uh, using artificial intelligence to look for uh, a, a loan applicant. And, and, and they're not have to even talk to a person. In their defense, it works for a lot of people, especially the generation today. They don't want to talk to people. A lot of them don't. They want to do text messages. They want to apply online. There's a lot of that happening in our society because people are tied to their phones, they're tied to social media. There's nothing wrong with that. You're asking me how I feel about it personally. I'm old school. Um, I enjoy the one-on-one -on -one back and forth with my client. I enjoy the education piece. I spent two hours on the phone the other night with uh, a couple, helping them understand the importance of buy now, don't wait. You've got a builder here in Fresno that's offering massive incentives. Let me tell you, when rates start to fall, and this is what I was telling them, when rates start to come down, and they are coming down, the price of that house is going to elevate, and the incentives are going to go away. Now, mm -hmm. you're not going to get that from AI. 
You're not going to get that from just an online application, filling it out, and uploading your pay stubs, W-2s, and bank statements. Got to have the conversation. Sean, share with them the other part of that conversation regarding their income and <laughs> the tax situation. You're not getting this from AI either. Yeah, so this couple made over $200,000 a year. They're going to buy an FHA, 3.5% down. We're also going to use down payment assistance. The builder's going to cover the closing costs. They're coming in with nothing out of pocket. Now, the tax benefits to that, the, what they can write off was over $40,000 a year. So instead of being at a tax base of 200000 roughly, you're going to be down at a tax base about one sixty, maybe a little bit better. You know, let the CPA or the person doing your taxes work that piece out, but you don't get that from doing rent, and you don't get that information from artificial intelligence or, you know, that kind of a application right. situation. And... Another thing, with a human, you get natural compassion. Uh, And and there's something to be said for that. (laughs) And I remember back to 2008, 9, 10, uh, I ended up getting a foreclosure account with a major bank. And this is what was amazing. The biggest thing that sticks out in my mind, most people did not understand the loan product that they got. It was... Yes. In 2004, 5, 6, it was our first run at online loan applications, online banking. And I think as a society, we flunked because look at all the foreclosures. People had, they ended up with that so-called loan called the option arm because, man, it sounded good. 1% payment fixed for five years but what the rest of the story is the interest rate was not fixed and it uh, so it fluctuated most people and then they didn't understand balloon payments they didn't understand everything about these subprime loans that they got themselves into whereas a good loan officer with natural compassion could have said wait a minute you don't need to do that think about this option here too so um that was one of the big reasons for the you know the banking industry calls it the housing crash the real estate industry calls it the banking or financial crash but 2008 9 10 was tough times Um, and a lot of that was because people did not understand what their loan was they had the adjustable rate mortgages that they didn't know the 153 different characteristics of what could make that interest rate change or their payment change, and it, it was not good. I had a I had a privilege back in 2007, right before everything imploded, of having a meal with a trusted advisor who's the number one mortgage analyst in the world and I spent four hours with him in Scottsdale at a conference and I just by mistake got there a day early he came walking in the hotel we saw each other I started talking to him he invited me to dinner he told me 
a situation is going to be happening in the industry. This is February of 07. He goes, prepare yourself. Make sure you've got a personal touch with your clients. Make sure you're conversing with them. Make sure you've got, you know, the five fingers of referral pieces, you know, agents, personal referral, builders, uh, attorneys, and CPA, financial planners, tax people. He goes, make sure it'll protect you. But the personal touch, he goes, that is the key. You've got to have it. Now, we weren't really big into online anything at that time other than going on and searching rates and that kind of thing. But there wasn't online applications, uploading documents, that kind of thing. So I just was kind of like, okay, well, this works for me. I got through it. Still doing it today. Had those tough conversations with people on the option arms and those type of things. Didn't do many of them because I didn't feel comfortable with them didn't like them but you know they were out there and a lot of people did them yeah it was tough to compete when they got their postage cards in the mail which i got also and you got 1.99 and and you would have to break it down to how these things really work guys this is not what you want to do mm-hmm. but it says one percent on the card right it's got to be true yeah. So was that article by that magazine that said the dream of American home ownership is, is dead. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic there, by the way. No, you're not, Don. <laughs> all right. So for all those that still believe in home ownership, stay tuned to our next um, segment that is going to come up right after this commercial break. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Sean Connolly and Mike Foxen here with Altitude Home Loans here in Fresno County. And um, I have to say they're actual people with AI. That's actual intelligence, not artificial (laughs) intelligence. We like to think so anyways. Yeah, might be a stretch, but... (laughs) For some more than others. There you go. Um... Let me throw out a scenario that probably happens a lot. Somebody goes in, they want to get pre-approved. Uh, they're looking to buy a $400,000 home, and they've got $5,000 to their name for savings to use as a down payment. Probably not enough unless they're a veteran. So what, what programs are out there that can help these down payment assistance programs? Well, we have a number of them available. Um, many of the lenders here in Fresno have them available. Uh, there's stuff through CalHFA, California Housing Finance Agency, GSFA, Golden State Finance. Uh, there's the Chinoa program. And then we have an in-house program that we use at Altitude that uh, for borrowers that are a little credit challenged. Uh, credit scores down to 620 but there are programs out there and it's a basically comes down to how you package the program and the file and the benefit that you can get from it Um, they'll get you up to gsfa will get you up to about five percent 
towards uh, down to be used towards down payment and closing costs. So is it a gift or is it a loan or a grant? Some of them are portion of it is a gift. Some of them are a grant. Some of them are loans with uh, no payments required, but you do pay them back. Okay, so that's something that a borrower has to pay attention to. Yes, of course. Yeah, is this just free money, or is it something that someday you got to pay? So nothing is as is free. Okay, so let's dispel that. You're either going to pay it back, one way or the other. So we have a program right now where there is technically no payback. So the money is given to the borrower to use towards down payment and or, and or closing costs. However, the interest rate is about a point and a half higher than what the market is. So is it free money, Don? Doesn't sound like it. It isn't. Okay. And this comes down to, again, educating the borrower. Everybody's picture is different. Everybody's need is different. So that's our job as the loan originator or loan officer is to educate the borrower, take a look at their picture, and design a program that works best for their situation. Not everybody's picture is the same. All right. What was that one you said, Chual? Chinoa. Chinoa. Chinoa, okay. yeah. Tell me about that one. You you got me on that. Well, that's a it's a portion of it is a is a grant or gift, and it's a payback. So you make a monthly payment every month on that money, but a portion of it is a, is gifted to the borrower. It's through the in the uh, Native American uh, tribe, the Chinoa tribe. It's a nationwide program, and they get they have the money. They fund it, grant it a portion of it, and then there's interest on the money that's paid back. All it's right. a decent program. It really is. And it works, for, works well for a lot of people. Excellent. Um, and I'm going to suggest to people that they really look into that because if you said, well, hey, I have to wait another year because I have to save up more money for my down payment, then we go back to Mike's explanation on the cost of waiting when there are some of these programs out there that could get you in now. Correct. And it's using the program, educating the borrower, but also educating the agent who they're working with in how to make the presentation when they make their offer. There's ways to make that presentation and that offer to put you as the borrower in first position. Mm-hmm. Because a misconception from realtors a lot of times is, oh, this isn't as good a borrower. This isn't. This is going to take longer to close, and that's not the case. We've already got these files uh, uh, reviewed. They're dialed in. We can close them. We're we're closing them seventeen days or faster. All right. So th- yeah, it's so not we, taking longer. We no. want to dispel that myth. That's a that's a big thing. You're that off offer with down payment is just as good as 5, 10, or 20% down. Okay. And they're probably more committed to buy because this is their first home. Mm-hmm. And because they're receiving something that makes them want to do it. Right. Because that may not be available next year. These programs continually 
evolve. <laughs> yes, they do. And change. Okay, and, and what you were saying about presenting to the realtor so the realtor understands, let me sh share with everybody why it's important. So the buyer's agent has to thoroughly understand the program so they can communicate to the listing agent, the seller's agent, that here's the pros and the cons of this. Uh, there are no cons to it. No. You, your seller will not be impacted. So um, that's, that's important to know. Yes. All right. I want to, now, now that we've touched on that, I want to get into some of these sub, go back to the subprime loans, because I really want people to understand the pitfalls that are out there. So I'm going to throw out a scenario. Somebody's uh, sitting in a house with it's worth $400,000. They owe $150,000 on it, and they have a 3% interest rate. So housing-wise, they seem good, except they're strapped for cash because they've got some $20,000 in medical bills. Um, maybe their car payment is higher than what they really should have done. So, so they hear something on uh, the radio or they get a card in the mail about do a, um, you know, borrow on your equity, unlock your equity, pay off those high credit cards, do this. What, how do you handle something like that? So someone comes to you and says, Mike, I want to refinance my house. I want to unlock my equity and pay off the car uh, and pay off that $1,000 medical bill by refinancing my mortgage? Pretty simply, we have a tool that we both used. It's called debt consolidation. And what we're going to do is we're going to put it again in black and white for this customer to review, and we're going to come up with what's called a blended rate. Because your credit cards right now are all in the <clears throat> 20s. Cars, for the most part, are 8 9 10% also. So what we're going to show the consumer is here's where you're at. If you paid all these off and refinanced and paid them, this is where it's going to put you. And typically, they're saving three to four to five hundred dollars in their monthly budget. That's huge and gives them relief on what's going on in their life. I'm also going to sit here and have the conversation, guys. Please learn learn from this money isn't free out there and, and it's it's too easy but we'll put it in black and white and show them and then they get to make the decision whether they want to go forward or not and and that's what we call a blended rate your real rate isn't three percent your real rates eight or nine percent because of all these other debt that you have created okay um Tell us about balloon payments. What? Uh, all right, the balloon pay because this is the one that got a lot of people back in 08, 09, where they had that really low one point nine nine interest rate for a long time, but lo and behold, their loan was growing, growing and due and payable in the year two thousand eight, and now they had to either sell the home refinance it or do something but that 
loan company was expecting that loan to be paid off. Fortunately, those don't exist any longer. I'm not aware of any, the, uh, the, the laws that got passed in nine, they, the, the option arm is no longer available out there. Yeah. The Dodd-Frank Act. Dodd-Frank. Yeah, that's the one that and, saved a lot of consumers. Right, and, and balloon payments, uh, you might have private money where you've got that, but that's pretty spelled out. Nope, 99.99% of the consumers are not going to go there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those loans just don't exist any longer. I mean, there's a few that have kind of popping up here more recently. Okay. So one of the things we have is self-employed borrowers who always have trouble with income, always struggle, and they call in, oh, hey, I've, I've got 250000 in gross receipts on my Schedule C because they're self-sole proprietorships. Well, lenders don't take line one. We go all the way down to line 31. And invariably, that 250 turns into eighteen dollars or $19,000 a year, which mm-hmm. in California, I don't know if you can buy a house in the Mojave Desert with that income. Probably not. So, but what's come along is there's a lot of uh, uh, lenders that are being funded by hedge funds. And we have options, up to six options for self-employed. And where we're not using tax returns, where we're using bank statements, where we're using 1099s, a CPA prepared letter saying here are the gross receipts, and then we have a factor of what their expenses are based on the kind of business. So honestly, virtually all of the self-employed borrowers I've done in the last two years, I mean with exception of one or two, have been with this type of a loan. They have 20 to 25% to put down, but they don't show any income. All right, and that down payment's important because that shows commitment from That's, the from Yeah, the there's borrower. no zero down on these deals. Right. Okay, I want to thank both of you for coming in today and sharing your experience and your knowledge, and I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. Uh, have a happy Turkey Day on Thursday, and we'll be back again Saturday. So thank you. Thank you very much, Don. Thank you for your time. <laughs>